When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, make sure that you hit that thumbs up, hit that like button for me, and tonight... We'll start the primetime week with a show that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. It is only our second, our second 53-man roster projection of the offseason. And I'm a little bit disappointed in myself because of that. Because I wanted to do one right after minicamp, but we were not able to. Then one before training camp. And then this is what we are what, what we are doing tonight. And hopefully. Before cutdown day, we have another roster projection. And this time it will be tougher, by the way, because I don't know if you guys remember this, but this year we are going back to just one cutdown day. So instead of going from 90 to 75 and from 75 to 70 and then to 53, we're doing 90 players all the way down to 53 players on August the 29th. So it's going to be a bloody weekend in the NFL with so many players losing their jobs before the the you know final the, the the final roster is set. Anyways, Neville Gallimore and Sean Wright is on the cut list. Says Demetrius Adams on YouTube. Juan Daniel, what is up? Katharina says hello, Cowboys Nation. Thank you everyone for being here. By the way, my apologies for starting late. My apologies to everyone except for Paul, because he's the number one fan of primetime. I was taking care of some Nashville stuff because the Oilers, the Tennessee Titans, are unveiling their Oilers throwback jerseys. They're fire, by the way. If you have not seen them on social media, I'm pretty sure you will very soon. But they're pretty cool. I got to give them respect because it's a fire look. And for 49 seconds of that jersey reveal... They made me feel like I was a Titans fan, like the hype was high in that video. <laughs> so tonight we will dive into, we will dive into, wait, no, no, I didn't want to block. Did I block the guru? It's not a block. I'm sorry, guru. Oh, no, man. How do I remove that? Is there, is there a mod who can help me remove that? <laughs> that was an accident. That was totally an accident, Toxic Tom. <laughs> Man, if, if one of you guys who have the, the grandchildren because you're mods and you can help me out with that, <laughs> I would appreciate it. That was not my intention at all. I think that it was in a block. <laughs> like a literal block. That's, that's a good thing. So anyways, I, <laughs> oh man, Guru. I, I, I apologize. I'll, I'll try to fix it as soon as this show is over. I don't know if 
there's something that I can do. Anyways, uh, I'll try. I'll try to fix it. But in the meantime, we will be starting the show. Oh man, I feel terrible for Guru. I I want to buy him a cookie after this is all done. I'm sorry, man. Hopefully he still can watch the show. But anyways, let's get into the roster projection from tonight. <laughs> Toxic says that he cannot undo it. Oh man. Anyways. <laughs> Okay, it's only 300 seconds. He said hit the like button. <laughs> this is toxic. So, man, that was not my intention at all. <laughs> oh, man, poor Guru. I, I feel so bad right now. I think Guru will understand that we can move on with the roster projection. Apologies for those who don't understand what's going on. Seems like I blocked somebody by accident, and that wasn't my intention at all. But anyways, let's get into the roster projection that I promised you. On Thursday, I told you, you had to call me out if I didn't come prepared for tonight's show with the roster projection. And I delivered. It took hard work, especially this morning, but here we are. And we're going to look at position by position, just every single player that we are projecting to be on the 53-man roster. Now, let me be very clear and let me give you a disclaimer. Let me give you a disclaimer. Injuries will happen. Surprise players will arise in training camp. And there will probably be one or two veterans who end up disappointing us big time during camp. This is not expected to be a 100% accurate prediction because also the Cowboys will do weird roster things, management style tactics before cut down day where they will keep players that they will immediately place on IR and then they will bring back players from practice squad, blah, blah, blah. All of that is going to happen. They will probably start the season with just one quarterback. They will probably start the season without a kicker, official kicker at least, and they will call him up for practice squad. Get ready for those kind of weird things, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But before, this projection will be more of a traditional roster look. So we're going to have two QBs, for example, and give me Dak Prescott for the Cowboys and Cooper Rush, obviously, and then Will Greer is the cut here. Listen, Rush has made his case already. I'm not saying that, you know, he's done it alone because some people act like those wins that Cooper Rush has given the Cowboys when Dak Prescott has been injured. Some people have acted like it's all Cooper Rush and nothing else. That's not the case, but I do feel like the Cowboys have established not only that they like Cooper Rush better because he's a better quarterback, but they like the style of having a cerebral QB experienced, non-prone to risks type quarterback, not prone to taking risks, rather playing it smart. And that is Cooper Rush, while your gunslinger would be Will Greer. So give me Rush over Greer. And that's pretty much the only decision that the Cowboys have to make here because these are their only three QBs on the roster. Anyways, moving on. I don't think there's anything too interesting to say here. Let's move on to running back. And let me know in the chat, because I am very intrigued about this one. Where do you think I'm wrong? Or would you do anything differently? 
at running back. I've got four of them making the roster, and that would be Tony Pollard, very unsurprising, Malik Davis, who many people expect to win the battle for running back two, Deuce Vaughn, the sixth-round pick, and Hunter Lipke, which would be the fullback, but also potentially a power back for the Cowboys. Now, the cuts here are Ronald Jones, the veteran, and Rika Dowdle. And I've talked about Dowdle before on the show because it feels like we only kind of ignore Dowdle over Davis automatically. But I do expect Rico to put up a fight when the season starts, uh, when, when training camp starts. Man, I have not seen Guru comment again, and I just feel so bad about it right now. Somebody tell, tell him that I, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I'm guessing he's watching the show. I don't know if he can comment again. Maybe he left. Maybe he felt offended and he left. It was all an accident. I feel so bad. Anyways, let's see what you guys have to say. I'm still not over it. I'm still not over it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Pollard, Davis, Deuce, and Lipke says Todd Cook. Mick says Cooper Rush is the GOAT. Belma says, hello, Mo. Hello, Mo. Now listening to you. Very interesting to hear. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Gregory says, looks good. I like the running back situation, says Lance. Katharina says, that is exactly what I would think about running back. Now, the, the interesting thing about the running back position, though, is I feel like this is a battle between Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle to make the roster and also to be running back too. And maybe that doesn't make a ton of sense, but here's how I look at it. Hunter Lipke is in a battle of his own. He's fighting probably the tight ends at this point to make the roster as a fullback and as a power back. Deuce Vaughn as a six-round pick, as a very different type of body type and different type of archetype as a player. He's also on a battle of his own. But Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle seem like very similar running backs. Like they're these well-balanced type players that can impact the, the running game and the passing game. And then they're not only fighting for the spot on the roster, but I think that that archetype is what the Cowboys would be looking at for a running back two position, at least while Deuce Vaughn proves himself durable enough and reliable enough in the pass pro department to become a number two running back. But while that happens, it feels to me like Malik Davis and Rico are fighting each other for the same job. But the stakes are even higher because the Cowboys have so many backs that the one who doesn't win that role is probably out of the roster. So I'm very intrigued to see how that plays out. Or maybe the Cowboys say, you know what, Liebke is not ready. He'll have to wait. I would be more surprised if that happens with Deuce, considering that he's a draft pick. And yeah, six-round draft pick, but the Cowboys still like their picks a lot. So I'm looking forward to seeing this battle play out, and it's going to be one of the most fun to watch in, in training camp, for sure. The Guru is back. <laughs> he says, wow, I will whisper it next time. Guru, I, I really am sorry, man. I wasn't trying to block you. Uh, I just saw that I clicked something accidentally. And then I thought that 
maybe it wasn't a big deal. And then I realized what I had done. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> Joey Bella, Gregory, also welcoming back the guru alongside Toxic Tom, who says he is back. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I, I still am sorry, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you're back and you didn't have to wait until like tomorrow or something like that. Anyways, that will do it for running back. So we've got two quarterbacks, four running backs. Now moving on to wide receivers. And this is one of the most fun positions as well. I've got six wideouts making it with the Cowboys. And that is your starting three, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Brandon Cooks. And then, this is where it gets interesting, the battle for wide receiver four will be all between Jalen Tolbert and Simi Fehoko, as we have discussed a lot of times. And then, oh man, I thought about this one so much, but I do have Kevontae Turpin making it. You know what I think of this? I'm not sure that Turpin makes it just as a specialist, and I'm not entirely sure that he proves this offseason that he can have a bigger role on offense. Now, Mike McCarthy himself said this during the offseason. He said, you know what? Turpin does have a step to take, an additional step to take. He needs to prove more on offense. And I agree. And I know about the speed and all of that. But as we've discussed countless times here on the show, it's also about route running. It's also about size. It's also about catching through contact and all of that. Can he do it? And I have my doubts. I personally consider myself a skeptic when it comes to Kevontae Turpin playing a role on offense. And with the new touchback rules, making his impact on kickoff returns even less of a significant impact, I think that he faces an uphill battle. I do have him making the roster, but I do want to say I, I think he is also facing quite the training camp battle, and it's also one against himself. Now, big name cuts here on the on, on the wideout position because you've got Dennis Houston, Dontario Drummond, and then the UDFA guys, Jalen Jill, uh, uh, Brooks is the seventh round draft pick. I mixed some Spanish in there. Some, some, some of you might have caught that. Anyways, uh, Jalen Brooks is a seventh round draft pick. David Durden, UDFA. Jalen Moreno-Cropper, who many people are rooting for him. Also caught in this scenario, Jose Barbon the same. And then you've got Tyron Johnson and John Stephens Jr. also being cut from this. Uh, wideout is expected to be a position that has a surprise. I feel like a lot of people want to see one of the UDFA guys and maybe even somebody like Dennis Houston. Dennis Houston is an interesting one because he did make the roster last year over some other uh, players that, that we expected to be in the conversation as well. So let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. How do you feel about this one? Lance says, so I guess Houston was a blip, and maybe not. He does have a chance. I think that every one of those wideouts, including the UDFAs, has a chance to make the roster. That's, that's going to be one of the most fun positions in camp. But does Tolbert, like, say, say Fehoko and, you know, knock on wood. But say Fehoko gets banged up again. And then it happens to be, like, 
the third year in which that happens. Do the Cowboys move on, right? That's a, a potential scenario. And another scenario, which would be a little bit extreme, but what if Tolbert doesn't pick it up? Like we know by now, and this has been said by the coaches, this has been discussed by Tolbert himself. The problem for him has been the mental aspect of the game. It hasn't been about the physical aspect. It has been about learning the position and learning to do different things at wideout. He's talked about this a lot. What if in year two, he still has not picked it up? And we're going to find out about that in camp, obviously, because I'm not saying that the team will find out. I'm saying that we will find out because in OTAs and minicamp, maybe the team can hide stuff. Not in camp, though. There's a lot of people in camp. So we're going to find out about that. And wideout could feature some surprises. For now, though, I think that the Cowboys do like Fehoko. I do think that they have faith in Tolbert picking it up. I wonder about chirping a whole lot. And I usually am very skeptical of UDFAs on these projections because we can get excited about one or two guys, but usually just one or two actually like make it, right? So I'm not going to go there other than Hunter Liebke, I think, in this entire projection. Spoiler alert. But let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Todd says, yeah, I'm not sure both Fehoko and Turpin make the roster. It's a tough one to call. Yeah. Michael H. says, special teams Turpin always has been a tiebreaker. Turpin just has to be okay in other areas. Fehoko could be the odd man out. Now, Fehoko, by the way, and whoever is the number four wideout, will be contributing on special teams, too. Uh, not as a returner, though, which is what Turpin brings to the table that others don't. I like Mo's wideout count. I concur, says Guru. Shout out to Guru. I'm going to read every Guru comment tonight. I, I feel like I have to. Guru says, if Tolbert is that bad in camp in preseason, he's headed for practice squad. He, hey, I don't dismiss it. I wouldn't dismiss that possibility at all. Toxic Tom says, Mo, do they call off sides in college? Yeah, they, they probably do, man. <laughs> All right, that's the wideout position. It's going to be a tough one. Hey, by the way, guys, before we get to tight end, which is also a pretty tough one to predict, because if you're carrying four running backs and six wideouts, are you going to be able to carry a fourth tight end? Not as easy as it looks, so that's what makes it interesting for me. But before we get into that position, do me a favor and hit the like button for me hit that thumbs up because remember that every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And if you're enjoying this, that is the single biggest way that you can help me out. Hit the thumbs up. It takes about a fraction of a second, and I would really appreciate it. Anyways, tight end. Obviously, what we are the most intrigued about is who wins the starting role. Is it going to be Jake Ferguson? Is it going to be... Luke's Schoonmaker, we'll find out about that. In the meantime, who is making it, though? And I've got three tight ends. But hey, Mo, the Cowboys are going to play a ton of 12 personnel. They're going to need more depth than that. I see that a point. And I kind of feel like agreeing with that sometimes. However, 
Hunter Lipke, in my opinion, can be somewhat of an H-back. And that means he can be a pass catcher, but he can also be a blocker. So to me, carrying a fullback like Hunter Lipke would allow the Cowboys to go short at tight end. Now, I've got Schoonmaker, Ferguson, and Peyton Hendershot making the team with Seth Green, Princeton Fant, the UDFA from Tennessee, and Sean McKeon being cut. Now, what's interesting here is you can likely sneak your fourth favorite tight end into the practice squad. Probably Princeton Fant, maybe Sean McKeon. And then have him be a call-up on game day. If you are planning to have a heavy 12 personnel offense that day or something like that. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say that the Cowboys are going to prioritize getting the fullback in there. And that's Hunter Lipke. I don't know if you can carry four running backs, including your fullback, plus four tight ends. Just remember... This is a zero-sum game, and we need to have 53 players on the roster only. So I would try to fit in a fourth tight end because I know that's the ideal roster archetype maybe for an NFL offense, but I do need that fullback. I think that McCarthy wants that fullback. I think that the Cowboys have been pretty high on Hunter Lipke, and they gave him a ton of guaranteed money. So I'm giving, I'm giving the Cowboys three tight ends in this projection. Lance says Hendershot is the wild card. 681 boys is carrying three tight ends. We need that fullback in there. And I like that. That's the logic behind this. Uh, Michael H says that will work with the H back being Lipke. Not happening, says Danny Savage. Not dressing four running backs and four tight ends. Yeah, I agree. Gregory kind of agrees with the three running backs, with the three tight ends, excuse me. And then Guru says, I think that we keep four tight ends and McKeon can block at both tight end and H-back. And that would probably, like, if the Cowboys do carry four tight ends, though, it's going to be tough to make Lipke fit in on the roster. And I do think he makes it. That's, that's the one UDFA that I am really high on making the team. I considered another one. For the following position, which is offensive line, let's get to that. Because I've got the Cowboys carrying nine off. Oh, I thought I was sharing my screen. I'm sorry. Nine offensive linemen. And that would be your starting five. So Tyron Smith. And this is just my projection because we don't know what the heck the starting offensive line is going to look like. We don't know if Tyron's playing left tackle, if he's riding the bench. If he is the right tackle while Terrence Steele comes back, we don't know. But I think that our best guess is the best group of five offensive linemen on the team. So I'm going to go with Tyron Smith. I'm going to go with Tyler, Biotish, Martin, and Steele. Those are going to be my first five offensive linemen on the roster, obviously. And then give me Chumai Daga, who would be specializing as your interior offensive lineman backup. So if the guard goes down, enter Idoga. Matt Farniak, who can also play center. And then give me Matt Woletsko as your swing tackle over Josh Ball. I've got Josh Ball being cut this offseason. 
and then give me a Sim Richards, the fifth round pick. I don't think they will cut a fifth round pick. Now, this is only nine offensive linemen. I don't know that you would carry 10. But if you do, I wonder if they carry Earl Bostic Jr. in there. That's a UDFA out of Kansas who is a, a heck of an athlete and was one of the highest paid UDFAs across the entire NFL this year. So watch out for Earl Bostic Jr. because he got paid. However, I'm not, I'm not carrying him on this projection. I just didn't know who to leave out of the equation to, to have him enter the picture here. And I think that this group of players gives you solid options for pretty much every potential injury, right? Danny says Bostic and Lindstrom are both making the team. And we know that the Cowboys like Alec Lindstrom, who I have being cut. So by the way, the cuts here, because I like mentioning the names that I cut to get everyone on the same page here. I've got Josh Ball, Alex Taylor, Brock Hoffman, Earl Bostic, TJ Bass, who is another guy to watch on this process, Alec Lindstrom, and Alex Taylor. Oh, I, I repeated Alex Taylor there. Sorry. I've got these guys being cut before the season. Uh, TJ Bass to practice squads as guru. I honestly would say both Bostic and TJ Bass would go to practice squad. Yeah, if cut. Yes, sir. Because they got paid. It's Bostic especially. Bostic more than, more than uh, TJ Bass. If Ball makes a team, says Michael H., he's got some compromising dirt on somebody. Just saying. <laughs> oh, man. Danny Savage says, Hidalgo got cut from the Jets when they had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. I personally do not look at Hidalgo as somebody who, who is starting caliber material, but also I would have a tough time seeing him be let go over what the Cowboys currently have. Like, the guy can play in the NFL, in my opinion. That's how I look at it. It's a tough one, though, and, and Adaga does not have a, a guaranteed spot, in my opinion. Anyways, that would be it for the offense. And let me open up my Google Excel here because I put together some nice graphics for you, but I like looking at the numbers on my spreadsheet here. Uh, 24 players on offense. That will leave us 26 players for defense, and we'll get into who those are, and then three specialists. Because no, I don't list a special team players who are from a, another position. I don't list them as specialists. I don't like doing that. Uh, I wouldn't do it. So yeah, 26 defensive players and then three specialists. We'll get into all of those. So let's move on to defense right now. Let's move on to defense here. Edge rushers. I've got five of them making the team. Now, I know five is not a lot, but when we get to the defensive tackles, you'll feel better about it, okay? So my five edge rushers, obviously Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, and then Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler. I think these five make the roster because I think these five are your best pass rushers at, at this position. So let me know in the chat 
what do you think about this group of players? Do you like it or not? And again, I wish I could have somebody else in here, but we'll feel better about it when we get to the defensive tackles. Before we do that, though, before we do that, though, uh, I got to say this. Sam Williams, Armstrong, and Fowler, especially Williams and Armstrong, will feature one of the best training camp battles that we'll see in Oxnard. Because we are all very hyped about Sam Williams making that leap and earning an even bigger role than last year and playing at least over a quarter of the defensive snaps, which was more or less what he got in 2022 as a rookie. Now we're expecting him to make the jump and to be the number one guy behind Parsons and behind Lawrence. But Armstrong was pretty good, and then Queen likes Armstrong, man. So he's going to put up a fight. He's going to put up a fight, and he's the veteran. He's been here a while. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to give it up easy. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that battle because it's going to be a dogfight in camp. And it's more important than just being the guy that replaces uh, Lawrence and Parsons when they're tired. Because Dan Quinn likes to use these three defense events on the same formation and four uh, defense events on the same formation. He likes to use these hybrid fronts. So that's a big role. Being the third edge rusher on this team is a very important role, obviously. More than it would be in other, in other teams. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. Uh, Katharina likes it. She agrees. Danny says it seems right. Let's see here. You probably have to shuffle the deck with the law firm of T. Smith and T. Smith. This is Caustic Colin. Yep. <laughs> I see five edge defensive end groups. Five will make it, says Guru. Ines agrees with the list. Michael H. says it won't change. Not one. Uh, Armstrong is really good on special teams, says Mark Aaron. Oh, he fuels the Cowboys' punt block unit. He really, really uh, fuels it. I think there's a spot here for a 53rd player. You know, those guys that are not only fighting their guys in their position room, but rather guys at other positions to be the 53rd player to make the roster. I think somebody like Isaiah Land, a UDFA, could be in this situation because the Cowboys got some talented edge rushers in undrafted free agency. Tough to have them make the projection, but keep an eye out on that because somebody like Isaiah Land could easily make the team and be a surprise player because, again, remember, injuries will happen. So if you're planning on going long at a certain position and then the guy that you're thinking about gets hurt, then that opens up roster spots like across the entire team, not only at that position. But anyways, I wanted to mention that. Uh, defensive tackle, though. Defensive tackle, and you're probably, you were probably expecting two names in the edge rusher group that I listed with the tackles, and that is Chauncey Golston who basically moved to defensive tackle full-time last year. He added more weight. He made the transition. And he played pretty good football, by the way. And also Biliami Fehoko, and that's the Cowboys' fourth-round pick, who Dan Queen 
kind of suggested and hinted at during the offseason that Fehoko would be working inside and he would be this versatile player. But both Golson and Fehoko can probably move outside a little bit there if they need it in a pinch. So I've got a Cowboys going heavy at tackle with six players there. However, again, Golson and Fehoko are fluid players. Viliami Fehoko. Anyways, here we go. Third players, uh, the sixth players at the, uh, the position, Ozo Digisua, who would be your starting three technique. Masu Smith, who would be your starting nose tackle. I don't know if in week one, but over the entire season, I would expect him to be the starting nose tackle. And then, as I said, Chauncey Goldston. I've got Neville Gallimore, and I struggled with Neville Gallimore. I really did. Jonathan Hankins is the other nose tackle. I just want to get that out of the way. But Gallimore is tough. Because I personally would give Goldston the edge over Gallimore. And I think he would probably, like Fehoko would also have the edge over Gallimore because he's a fourth-round pick. And just based on the way that the Cowboys do things, they're not going to cut a fourth-round pick unless he's a complete and total disappointment. Otherwise, that guy is not getting cut, right? So I look at it from that point of view, and I say, okay, Goldstone's, excuse me, Gallimore's seat is as hot as it can get. And yet, looking at the entire roster and looking at the entire picture, and I can probably share my spreadsheet when we're we near the end of the show so we can look at the big picture, I just didn't feel the need to cut a guy who has a different body type, who can be more of a three technique, but in a, on a heavier side of things than Goldston and Fehoko will be. So if you're facing a team that is going to go heavy on you. I don't know if I want to get rid of Gallimore for those type of game plans. I just don't know. And I didn't see the need to cut him. So all I'm saying is he's staying on board for now, but he's on the hot seat. Anyways, uh, big name cuts here, though, because Quinton Vohana does not make it in my projection. I think that Quinton Vohana has been, I don't want to say a disappointment because he uh, has had his moments for sure. But he's also been in a situation in which he hasn't shined, I believe, as much as we would have expected him to at the nose tackle position. And we've seen him play other spots as well. I, I don't see Vohana making it in this scenario because I think of him more as a nose tackle than I do Gallimore. And I think that you've got Massey Smith, you've got Hankins, and to me it's pretty clear that they are above Bohana in the depth chart. That's why I don't have the Cowboys keeping him because it would be kind of foolish to have three nose tackles on your roster, in my opinion. And then, yes, I don't have Isaac Alarcón making it. Sadly, you guys know that he's my guy. He's my pet cat. I'm rooting for him. So freaking hard because I want to see Isaac surprise the world. But it's a tough battle that he is facing. And we know it's a tough transition. 
preparing to be an offensive lineman for three years and then moving to the defensive line, probably not a fun experience. So I've got Isaac being cut in my first, in my second projection of the year. Gallimore is what my dad called me. <laughs> a disappointment is toxic, Tom. Oh, come on, toxic. Uh, let's see here. Michael H says if he works on his weakness from last season, he can't, he won't, won't get cut. Excuse me, this is Michael H. I'm thinking Michael meant uh, Gallimore here. Masi will be the game changer. Says Lance. Man, I really think that. I really think that uh, Masi can really be a game changer, just because of schematically what he can bring to the table. Dallas fans thought he was the next Vita Vea. Talking about uh, Bohana, I guess there. Danny says, Golson is a 5-tech in a 3-4 defense uh, draft pick from day one, says Danny Savage. Yeah, Golson has been weird. Uh, they did have him put, put on some weight last year, and he had some big plays. He had some big plays throughout the year. Didn't play much because he was not a starter or anything like that, but I think that Golson is okay. I think, I think he is okay. Uh, Costa Collins is good chance that Wahana can make it to practice squad. Nobody is claiming him. The question is whether he would be willing to resign with Dallas or would try for new pastors. That's a good question. That is a good question. Anyways, let's move on to the linebackers. And that's a tough one because I've only got four. And that feels like too little. That feels like you're definitely going short at linebacker. But who else am I keeping? I've got Leighton Vanderesh making it to the roster. I've got Damon Clark. I've got Jarrell Cox. And of course, I've got third round draft pick, the Marvin Overshone. Now, I'm excited about Overshone's future, but I'm not betting on him being a defensive ace for the Cowboys in 2023. I'm thinking that Overshone will get his feet wet on special teams. But I'm not talking about earning a role little by little on special teams. I'm talking that Overshone might have been drafted as high as he was drafted because of the Luke Gifford situation. Now, we have not talked nearly enough about Luke Gifford this offseason because he doesn't play defense. But the guy led the Cowboys in special teams reps for back-to-back -back years, essentially. He is another C.J. Goodwin that, for some reason, didn't get the C.J. Goodwin type respect. But he was out there every, every, every time. And I think that Overshone can immediately replace that role from Luke Gifford. I think that DeMarvion Overshone could very well be one of the top three players for the Cowboys on special team snap count when the season is over. So that's why I've got Overshone. And that's why I would feel relatively comfortable moving on from somebody like Devin Harper or Malik Jefferson, who are the two cuts at this position. I agree with the comments, though, because I see the comments standing up for Harper, and I love it. Brian says, number 50, Harper. Toxic says Harper might be a tough call. Uh, who else mentioned Harper? Somebody else did. I don't remember who it was, but yeah. Under this scenario, and my thinking in cutting Harper, because I do agree that I'm going very short at linebacker, is that Overshone 
can take on that Luke Gifford role in a big, big way. Mark Aaron had also mentioned Harbour. Harbour can make it. I agree. I agree. I also, I also think that Harper is also kind of a, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm sorry. Kind of an inexperienced player, even at special teams. Like he had, because I did look this up earlier today, and let me try to find that number again. Harper had, what was it? Let's see if we can find it here real quickly. Like I'm even struggling to find him on the special team snap counts for the Cowboys. Harper had a 10% snap count, 11% snap count on special teams last year. So was he a special teams ace last year? No, he was not. He would be becoming one. And of course, he did suffer from injuries, right? So Devin Harper played what? He played three games, and that also has to do with it. But it's part of it. Like, the Cowboys would not be replacing him, is what I'm trying to say. Those three games that he played, which were against the Tampa Bay Bucs and then the Bengals and the Giants, the first three weeks of the season, he did play a lot on special teams. So maybe the Cowboys saw enough to keep him on board during those three games. I just don't know who steps into the Gifford role to Toxic Tom. I have a feeling it's going to be overshown. That's just me, though. That's just me for several reasons. One, overshown is a heck of an athlete, and he's a guy that has the speed, the explosiveness, the range to really make that unit and become a big part of it. And it also would probably explain why they drafted him in the third round. Because if you remember, many people thought that it was too early for Overshown, but the Cowboys were always tied to Overshown during the pre-draft process, and maybe that was why. I think that could be why. Anyways, moving on to cornerback, though. I have some changes from our initial projection from earlier in the year. I've got six corners making the roster, and that would be Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, and Deron Bland. Those would be your starting three. And then, yes, I've got Jordan Lewis. I'm sorry. I feel bad about it because I know that he's injured. I know that he's going to start training camp in pup. But I also know he's one of the few experienced, like really experienced players at corner. Costy Collins is any word on Lewis? Is he healthy? Well, he's expected to start on pop for the Cowboys. And that bit of news can probably come our way tomorrow since the Cowboys are reporting to camp. But yeah, Jordan Lewis is expected to start the training camp period as a physically unable to perform player. That's, he, he still makes the team for me because he has experience. And if somebody goes down... I think that, for example, if somebody goes down on the outside, Bland can be kicked outside, and then Lewis can take over the nickel role. Or if Bland goes down, Lewis can step in and have the experience at the position. And then I've got Eric Scott Jr. because it does seem like they like him a lot. They did trade up for him, after all, in the sixth round. And then 
you can also look at somebody like Izzy Mukwamu being involved in how the Cowboys will work if cornerbacks are injured. I don't have Kelvin Joseph making it this time. I did have him making it last projection on my last projection. And then, yes, CJ Goodwin, as I said, exclusively a special teamer, but I refuse to list him as such. I need to put him with the cornerbacks. I think that is less confusing because otherwise then you might also need to do the same with the linebacker A's, blah, blah, blah. So I just like to keep them on their positions. I do wonder if Goodwin makes it or not. Like I wondered about it last year. He still made it. I wonder about Turpin today because I, I just, I don't know how to feel about special teams only players. I know they matter, but I also kind of know that they matter less each season as teams are returning less kickoffs. They are returning less punts. Now you've got a rule being friendlier toward teams who call for a touchback because the ball is going to be placed at the 25 and uh, uh, whatever you call for the third catch on kickoff. So it just feels like it matters less each and every day. So that's what I wonder about it. But he has a sponsor. He has a sponsor. And that guy is John Fassel, the special teams coordinator. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's see what you guys have to say, though, about the corners. I think that Goodwin and Joseph was tops in special teams tacklers, says Guru. That, that is what KJ has going for him. He was a special team weapon last year. He had some good moments in there as well. That looks right, says Gregory. Toxic says, Lewis is the biggest wild card. That's a nasty injury for a position that requires a ton of agility. And I agree. And that is what sucks about these type of projections. Like, we really don't know how healthy Jordan Lewis is or how unhealthy he is. Like, I'm including Lewis in here. But if he is injured, especially with his financial situation, and the injury is very serious and we don't know the details of it, then yeah, that's that's what you miss on with these projections. Blessings, Mao. Good odds, Julio. Thank you. Are oh, doing fine, big. Thanks so much. Can't put too much confidence in a rook, says Lance. Easy played good in the playoffs, says Mark Aaron. And don't think that I don't have easy on this team. Do not think for a second that I don't that I don't have Mukwamu making. I really hate it when that happens. I really hate it when that happens. I don't know what it is about this thing taking me out of the stream for some reason. But we're back. We are back. I'm sorry about it. It's like my mouse that makes it happen. I have a button that I use to change to the slides, to the slides that I share. And then sometimes it kind of fails. And it becomes the button that takes you back one tab. I, I don't know why I still trust it. I shouldn't trust it at this point, but I still do. <laughs> but I still do. Anyways, I do have Mukwamu on here as a safety. All right, there you go. I'm not going to use the buttons anymore. I do have Mukwamu in here as a safety because I've got five of them making them. I don't know about Marquise Bell. I, I struggle about him, but I do think that they bet on his upside 
So I don't want to leave him off of the roster. But I've got Malik Cooker, Donovan Wilson, Jaron Kears, your starting safeties, and then Easy Mukwamu, who's not only your backup safety, but also probably your backup nickel cornerback. And Marquise Bell, who is more of a Jaron Kears type player that could step in in that type of situation, right? So give me the five safeties for Dallas. This would be pretty much in line with what they did last year. And again, the Cowboys are one of the leading teams in the NFL in terms of positionless football. So Mukwamu to me is just a versatile defensive back who can also play corner. And I kind of feel the same about Mukwamu. I mean, excuse me, Mukwamu. And then I kind of feel the same about the nickel position in general for the Cowboys. Like depending on the game that they have in line, Kears can be your nickel back for a game plan. Like he literally can be that. There's a reason why the Cowboys had their three safeties rank in the top five in defensive snap counts last year. Obviously, with Blant being the starter. Yes, sir. So I, I saw the, uh, Brian's question here. Daron Blant, yeah. Daron goes with the cornerbacks, and to me, he's the projected starting nickelback for the team. And then I don't have a graphic for the specialists. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of forgot to put it together again. But I've got Tristan Vizcaino making the team over Brandon Aubrey based on pretty much nothing other than the fact that Vizcaino has at least a little bit of NFL experience and has been with the team since January. But other than that, it's going to be a battle that is 100% defined in Oxnard. And that is if they don't bring somebody else into the equation because they could still sign somebody at kicker to take over the role eventually. It won't be Brett Maher, though, because unless you missed it, you already know that Maher signed with the Denver Broncos. A long time ago, we heard about him trying out with them. Now it's official. He's a member of the Broncos. You guys know that I was of the opinion that the Cowboys should look into reuniting with Brett Maher. They're not doing it. Got to go with uh, Vizcaino or Brandon Aubrey. Aubrey has no NFL experience, but he was a USFL standout. And the Cowboys have already gone down that route before with Cavante Turpin. Could they do it again with a kicker? We will find out. And that's going to be an interesting one to follow. Before we get out of here, though, that's, that's, uh, that's 53 players, guys. But before we get out of here, and I'm sorry if this becomes a little bit confusing, that is Totally not my intention, but if you guys are curious about how it looks like from my point of view, my spreadsheet, I will share the screen right now. And there you go. This is my spreadsheet. Uh, ignore the color coding for all of this stuff. Obviously, over here down below, I've got my cuts. But these are my 24 players on offense. You're watching this, right? You're not watching this. Damn it. <laughs> there you go. Ignore the color coding again. As I said, that's just kind of like the decisions that I'm making as I go. That's just for me. 24 players on offense. You've got them there. Obviously, some of this is on Spanish. 
because it's my browser. And then on defense, this is my 26 players plus the specialists with the cuts over down there below. You can check that out. If you want to take screenshots, go ahead and do that. Yeah, both for but both Fehokos made the team, Caustic. Yes, sir. Did you know they're not even brothers or anything like that? I don't think they're even cousins, actually. They were asked about it recently. That's my 53-man roster projection for you guys. Uh, yes, Robbie Gould is still on signed. Katharina, indeed. Add Jerry to the cut list, says uh, Toxic Tom. Talk <laughs> Caustic says that I misspelled offensive. Damn, it's in Spanish. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, didn't we let McKinley go? Oh, yeah, probably. He, he's probably still in there in the spreadsheet, though. <laughs> oh, man, the comments are, all, are, all, are always fun. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. Do me a favor, though. Hit the like button for me. Share the stream if you enjoyed it. But remember, every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So if you take a fraction of a second to hit that button, it helps me out a lot. Mo had the guru on the cut list. Yes, I did. That, that was why. That was why. Hey, thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Even Paul. Even Paul. Thank you, man. I appreciate your support every single night and the engagement that you provide the show. It really does help a lot. Anyways, I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Time. Let's get ready for this week. It's going to be a fun one. The Cowboys report to camp tomorrow. And then first practice will take place on the 26th. And then it is until practice six, if I'm not mistaken, and we'll go over the details tomorrow, that the Cowboys can put on pads and then we'll have some fun. Thank you so much. And I will see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye.